0: Welcome to the Financial Focus Radio Show with your hosts, Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Join us as we discuss markets, bring transparency to issues within the financial services industry, and bring honest, thoughtful analysis every week.
1: Hey, everyone out there. Thanks for joining us on Financial Focus Radio. I'm your host, Josh Finnelli. Uh My p- partner, usual co-host, Tyler Simonis, will be joining us for the second half of the show. But as always, if you do want to participate in the show, please give us a ring. number there is 877-670-7117. If you have more than $500,000 in investable assets and like uh, our free portfolio review, uh, please call our office at one 800 743 I hope everyone out there is having a wonderful holiday weekend and weather here in Central Oregon has been a little dicey. Lots of freezing rain in the forecast, so hopefully that turns around. But uh, as always, thanks for joining us and we do appreciate your participation and definitely appreciate all the listeners to the show. Well, let's get right into it. Uh, Interesting week in markets as it always is. Bloodbath uh, bloodbath on Thursday, uh, NASDAQ gave up about 2.5% for the week. The S&P uh, essentially finished marginally lower, uh, clawing some of that back. Uh, didn't quite get the Santa Claus rally that many out there have been anticipating so far this week. But uh, emerging markets, marginally lower on the week, too, down about a fifth of a percent. Uh, small caps, essentially flat, down about a tenth of the percent. Uh, International developed markets, actually, the outperformer on the week, up about seven-tenths of a percent. Uh, Interestingly, you know, with all of the predictions of carnage and chaos uh, abroad, International has been a marked outperformer uh, here in Q4. And I think uh, everything being relative to expectation, uh, you know, that old adage of buy the rumor, sell the news, Uh, when here we are in winter in Europe, and of course, international markets being the outperformer, not something that uh, a lot of prognosticators out there would have predicted. On a year-to-date basis uh, through the December 24th, uh, uh, developed internationals down about 14%, so outperforming the S&P, which is down about 19.5% by 5.5% year-to-date. Small caps down about 20.5%, uh, emerging markets down about 21%. And, of course, the NASDAQ, uh, the dramatic underperformer, down about 33% year-to-date. Uh, interestingly, back uh, in from March of 2000 to October of 2002, that was about a 31-month uh, bear market, uh, the tech-telecom media bubble. The NASDAQ fell 83% from its March 2000 highs. Uh, this week, there was... Um pronounced bloodbath in the non-profitable tech space, Uh, the ARK Innovation ETF, ARKK being kind of the bellwether there, sort of uh, a basket of holdings of uh, future era business, if you will, but uh, the universal characteristic being that they lack uh, profitability, of course, but uh, that ARK Innovation ETF now essentially matching the the NASDAQ's fall in a significantly faster period of time. Uh, it's been about 22 months since its highs in February of 2021. Uh, Arc's down about 80 percent from those highs. Uh, the interesting thing about Arc, you know, it, m- m- people out there may say that's not a fair comparison relative to the Nasdaq back in the early 2000s. But uh, the Nasdaq is, of course, today a very different index uh, than it was 22 years ago. But uh, those that non-profitable characteristic is common I, I think of holdings of arc today versus the nasdaq 100 of old but uh it happened a lot faster multiple compression in the nasdaq of course lasted for 9 years after that 2000 bubble uh, weather, will continue to see that. Remember, this pace of increases uh, markedly higher, much greater magnitude than it was 22 years ago. So uh, more to come from there. Bond market, interesting week in the bond market. Got a bit of a bull steepener. Ten-year uh, yield up about a fifth of a percent on the week to 3.75. Uh will talk about the economic data more this segment. But uh, oil up four dollars in the week just breaking below eighty dollars uh ten dollars uh price increase on uh, barrel poor west texas intermediate here so far in the month Uh, so strong market in oil of course they put out that tender to start refilling the strategic petroleum reserve and we'll see it was three million barrels and they need to replace about 160 million barrels so uh maybe a little bit of a floor under oil going into 2023 but of course Economic cyclicality can see the bottom fall out of that one pretty quick uh, Gold uh, big round trip to in the middle of the week. there, uh, up four dollars on the week to 18.04 an ounce kind of range bound here uh, the last couple of months, but uh, big news to start the week really was Sort of uh, maybe the beginning of the end to yield curve control out of, over in Japan uh, the Inflation in Japan is, of course, at a 40-year high. Uh, they finally got the genie out of the bottle there, which is something they've been trying to engineer since the 1980s. But uh, maybe it's the beginning of the end of ultra-loose monetary policy there. They're going to let uh, yields float a bit higher than they normally otherwise would. So, you know, the market, gold market specifically, responded pretty strongly to that. But uh, the Japanese are have found that uh, in fact, ultra-low and negative, old, negative interest rates do not stimulate inflation or consumer spending. And, uh, of course, the demographic problem there is one that can't be solved. And uh, they're not not able to accomplish what they want. But uh, the central bank there is finally getting that inflation that they've been waiting for for 30 years. And all it took was uh, the pandemic to make it emerge. But uh, middle of this week, of course, you had strong Nike earnings. Of, I think the big takeaway there was just sort of a representation of uh, the bullwhip effect. Their inventory build year on year was about 43 percent, but uh, I think it's another story of really the unstoppable American consumer. Uh, GDP data was of course released this week, 3.2 um, percent revised up. Uh, so you know that American consumer continues to spend, uh, albeit some of it is being placed on credit. But the unstoppable American consumer through Christmas. Uh, Of course, these numbers are nominal. So uh, Nike demonstrating strong sales growth in every segment, spare for China. Uh, But that Chinese reopening maybe bodes positively for the future. But uh, more tech layoffs emerging this week. Uh, Micron in the uh, memory space laying off about 10% of their staff or projecting to lay off 10% of their staff in 2023, equivalent to about 5,000 people. Uh, Goldman appears to be preparing to lay off as much as uh, that's Goldman Sachs laying off as much as 8% of its staff uh, going into 2023. And I think the big news sort of in the LinkedIn world was maybe Google returning to a ranked system that may result in a pretty significant headcount reduction going into 2023. Uh, Remember, though, net of the pandemic, most of the big tech has upwards of 30% more staff than they did just two years ago. So uh, maybe marginal trimming on the edges, but... Uh, The labor market still remains just unstoppable, seemingly. Uh, Layoffs where you had initial unemployment claims this week at 216,000. So historically, just amazing numbers. It's the Fed's not getting to see the action that they want. But a decent decent jump in consumer confidence, best number we've seen. Uh, I think importantly, though, this week, 10 out of 11 months now of leading economic indicators are trending down. Uh, that's nine months in a row. It was about another one percent decline this month. Previous instances of this kind of negative data uh, have al- always led to a recession. So we'll see if this is the exception. Uh, but uh, PCE core PCE was at four point seven percent from a year earlier. So uh, inflation still relatively sticky, but going up against better comps in the months to come. Uh, the Fred non-core PCE was up five five percent from a year earlier. So. It's a pretty significant rollover inflation uh, from that 6.1% number that we saw in October. Uh, And then, of course, the the news that continues to grip markets is uh, Sam Bankman-Fried posted $250 million in bail, and his friends went state and flipped on him. uh, Carolyn Ellison and a couple of the other major executives at uh, the former FTX have rolled, and now we'll see the unraveling of that scheme. And uh, St. James Square and the Southern District New York prosecutors sending a message out to potential crypto fraudsters out there. So I think you'll see a lot more in that space uh, in the quarters to come as that sort of unwinding of leverage, cascade of deleveraging continues to occur. But uh, that news continues to grip markets. So as always, a really exciting week in markets. Uh, We'll talk more next segment about private markets. As always, if you do want to be part of the show, Please give us a call, 877-670-7117.
0: Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988.
2: But the last time I played Father Christmas, I stood outside a department store. A gang of kids came home.
3: Today, I'll get a workout in at the fitness center. Tomorrow, maybe some rafting on the Deschutes River. Or I could go for a swim and spend the afternoon by the pool.
4: It's pretty easy to fill your calendar when you live the life you love at Stonebriar.
3: Walk the nature trails at Pilot Butte or maybe give Tracy a call. We can go shopping in Bend on Saturday, Sunday, Sunday read a book on the deck
4: and after an active day outside you come home to gorgeous resort style one two or three bedroom apartments with cook's kitchens spacious bath full-size washer and dryers computer labs with free internet covered parking and my fur babies pets allowed stonebrier is currently accepting applications their beautiful landscape grounds feature two clubhouses and are on Highway 20 near 27th and Bend. Google Stonebriar Apartments for details. Stonebriar, professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. Stonebriar Apartments,
3: the best of resort living.
4: Get ready, city slickers. Here's a chance for you honorary cowboys and cowgirls to
5: win big. It's Indian Head Casino's $75,000 Boots Scootin Cash Prices Giveaway in December. Woo-hoo! Every Friday and Saturday win your share of $27,000 in cash and prizes. I'm a cowboy! $27,000, partner. Love that money? Oh, yeah! Plus, on December 31st, win a top prize of $2,023 in cash. Or free cash for a year during our New Year's Eve $12,000 Barnyard Bash. Happy New Year! Thousands of dollars in cash and prizes all month. Win your share of $27,000 every Friday and Saturday. It's Indian Head Casino's $75,000 boot scooting giveaway. So scoot your boots on down.
6: I got cowboy boots and I like to wear them. Today
5: could be your lucky day. Indian Head is where the winners play. You must be 21. That's reserves all right. See the players club more details.
6: My friend and I are taking a trip to Mexico this year, but neither of us speak Spanish. So we downloaded Babbel and started learning Spanish fast.
5: Want to start getting conversational in another language in as little as three weeks? Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons were designed by language experts to be the most efficient and effective way to learn a new language.
2: ¿Cómo te llamas?
6: ¿Cómo te amas?
5: Babbel, language for life, celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Learn about an option at treatcovid19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer.
0: Connect to the Financial Focus radio show on YouTube or iTunes. Listen to past shows, get our bi-weekly e-news, and keep up to date on the market. You can also sign up for our e-newsletter on our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Let's get back to the show.
1: Hey, everyone out there. Thanks for joining us on the second segment of Financial Focus Radio. I'm your host, Josh Finelli. My usual co-host, Tyler Simonis, will be joining us for the second half of the show. Hope everyone out there is having a lovely Christmas Eve. And if you happen to catch the show on Sunday, hope you're having a wonderful Christmas and stay safe out there. Of course, I know the roads are pretty sketchy, so maybe a good weekend to just enjoy time inside. Uh, This data is courtesy of Jonathan Farrow, uh, host on Bloomberg in the mornings, Uh, excellent commentator, Uh, always insightful. Love love his collection of insights, but uh, he posted the 2023 strategist S&P 500 forecasts. Uh, Deutsche Bank came at the top, and this is for the S&P 500. Uh, Keep in mind, the S&P 500, as of the close on Friday, trading about 38.33. Uh, 2023 S&P 500 forecast from Deutsche Bank uh, predicts that S&P will finish the year 2023 at 4,500. There's a pretty big spread here. Uh, BNP Paribas, the French bank, uh, predicting a year-end 2023 S&P 500 at 3,400, implying a marginal decline in markets. But uh, the spread is pretty dramatic, north of 30% across all the different investment banks. Uh, JP Morgan at 4,200, Wells Fargo taking 4,200, uh, RBC at 4,100, Goldman Sachs at 4,000, uh, even Morgan Stanley's Mike Wilson, who's been a pretty big bear and actually quite, uh, prescient and with regard to market action over the last year and a half, uh, has the SP 500 finishing with a marginal gain for the year, for the year of 2023, 3,900. I think Mike Wilson's calling for the lows, uh, in the first quarter, but, Uh, The point is, I wanted to revisit, Jonathan also did us the courtesy of uh, posting 2022 strategist forecasts, and uh, not surprisingly, they're all completely wrong. Uh, Oppenheimer in 2020 predicted year-end 2022 S&P 500 to be at 5,300. They were at the top. Morgan Stanley was actually the most bearish. Uh, Mike Wilson came in at 4,400. His tune changed pretty markedly over the course of the year. Uh, But that would (laughs) imply a pretty significant upside, of course, that we're not going to probably see in the final trading week of the year. Uh, Let's hope we get some version of a Santa Claus rally. But uh, Morgan Stanley was the lowest at 4,400. RBC was at 5,000. Goldman Sachs was at 5,100. So all implying pretty significant upside. Of course, the market peaked on January 4th of 2022 uh, back at about 4,800. So universally all strategists uh, from the major investment banks at the onset of 2022 were dead wrong as it related to the returns uh, over the past year and I think it would be a fairly safe bet to assume that almost all of them or all of them will be dead wrong as it relates to 2023. Uh, Remember the funniest thing about markets is that consensus never happens and of course the consensus today is that we are going to enter a recession imminently, and market returns will be very negative uh, in the year of 2023. Not to say that uh, I know the, what the outcome will ultimately be, but I feel quite confident that no one will be able to successfully predict it uh, with any ongoing degree of accuracy. But it's certainly a good reminder, and it's I like to keep receipts, and I, you know a good tactic that I'll talk about more in the next segment. Uh, as far as sort of identifying your own bias is to really kind of look and make a prediction for yourself, but write it down and then track your own accuracy uh, and make sure that, you know, be intellectually honest. It's the best way to sort of improve yourself as an investor uh, and sort of enhance your perception of events. But uh, what we wanted to talk about actually in this segment was, private markets and how they've become uh, a total escape from reality. And there was a great uh, uh, opinion article in the Financial Times by Rushir Sharma, who is an uh, asset manager at Rockefeller International that uh, didn't really go viral, but it got a little playtime on Bloomberg and CNBC this week. And uh, it talked about sort of this cognitive dissonance that's going on uh, in public markets relative to private ones. Uh, interestingly, public markets are dramatically underperforming private ones. Uh, and I think one of, one of the best comments that I've seen uh, was investor Cliff Asnes, who wrote, uh, he, he uh, runs AQR, which is an alternative asset manager, but he wrote recently of the mind-blowing possibility that investors now knowingly accept lower returns for the privilege of not being told the prices. And of course, uh, the beauty of, private market investing is you're not marking things to market. I share and just briefly share a text with a buddy of mine that works at a real estate investment trust down in LA. And I told him uh, earlier this week that as our assets under management were declining markedly during the week, you know, I I hate watching this. And he said, well, you should do real estate. There's no need to mark to market your assets. Our AUM hasn't changed. And in fact, we usually just lie about it (laughs) with no repercussions. And I think that's Sort of emblematic of what's going on, and you know the the funny thing about it is it's this conspiracy of silence built on hope, and uh, you know you have this economic consensus that the Federal Reserve tightening is going to be triggering a recession, but it'll be shallow and short. But uh, I think in the private market space, managers just think if they can hang on a few more months, the conspiracy will have achieved its purpose, which is papering over losses in the bear market. And you go back even to the financial crisis of 2007. Uh, private market investors waited a couple years to start adequately marking their assets to market. And so we were already in the midst of recovery when they started to do so. Of course, during coronavirus, when public markets reflected, you know, almost in in 18 trading days declined uh, on the magnitude of 34%, private markets showed no such stress, of course, because those assets were not marked to market. And I think the general theme that sort of characterizes private versus public market investing is that there's no good idea that too much money can't spoil. And the theme that sort of prevails amongst private market investing is there's just way too much money chasing way too few assets. And when you think about what has gone on, a trillion dollars flowed into private markets last year and they have nothing to buy and the point is is that when there's too much money chasing too few ideas you're not getting compensated relative to the risk that you take and you sort of re- re- revisit that comment by cliff which is you're paying you're paying asset managers exorbitant fees for the privilege and you know thereby knowingly accepting lower future returns for the privilege of not being told the price and the reason that housing as a quote investment works for people is because it 's forced savings, and they don 't get to see a mark to market version of their house uh, insofar as you know they don 't know what people will actually play i mean I, I guess a zillow representation maybe shows people the perception of a market va- of a market value, but the really hard thing about public markets is of course, you know instantaneously what the rest of the market thinks your asset is worth, but in the private space. If you believe that private market investments have not completely revalued in line with private or in line with public market valuations, uh, I have a bridge to sell you, <laughs> because there is no difference between private and public market valuations. It's just a matter of how they're reflected on paper. And so when you see these advertisements from Yield Street and a lot of these different things that are now pretty ubiquitous across uh, financial pornography channels. They claim that these investments don't fluctuate in value, when in fact, very, their own illiquidity would mean that they actually fluctuate in value more. It's just a total misrepresentation, and it's your duty as an investor to sort of uh, sift through that and get to the real reality. But thanks for joining us on Financial Focus Radio. If you want to be a part of the show, please call us 877
0: 670
4: The most traffic, the most weather. FM 100.1 is News Talk 1110, KBND, Bend.
6: Numbers don't lie, but they sure can tell a story. At Kendall Volkswagen of Bend, things are buzzing about going electric in a new Volkswagen ID. Four with federal tax credits of up to seventy five hundred dollars, more cargo capacity than the Tesla Model Y at a less expensive price point. There are a number of reasons the new VW ID. Four is turning heads. With available all wheel drive and intelligent handling, wicked smart driver assistance technology, and the fact that the ID. Four earned the highest possible safety ratings from the Iia it all adds up to confidence. The Volkswagen ID4 also comes with three years of free charging at any of the Electrify America charging stations in the U.S. With its style, performance, and driver focused functionality, the VW ID4 will transform your expectations. See for yourself. Stop by. Our experts can answer all your questions and help with reserving your VW ID4 today. Get started at kendalvw.event.com. Kendall, let's start something great. We love it here, and we think you will, too. Welcome to Alpine Meadows. Beautifully kept landscaping, Alpine Meadows has one-bedroom apartments and two- and three-bedroom townhomes that include washer and dryer, beautiful decks, patios, and designer kitchens. Alpine Meadows is conveniently located next to the Dalles, California Highway and minutes away from Orchard Park's nature trails, a place proud to call home. Google Alpine Meadows Townhomes, professionally managed by Norris & Stevens.
4: You enjoy the quiet life, but you like being close to the action. Living that fits you is at Mountain Glen Apartments, located five minutes away from the Bend River Promenade and downtown area. Mountain Glen's units feature designer oak cabinets, and their two- and three-bedroom units come with washer and dryer hookups. Relax with mountain views from your patio or deck. Mountain Glen Apartments Bend, corner of Butler Market and Boyd Acres Road, professionally managed by Norris & Stevens.
2: Plateau Travel Plaza Food, fuel, and fun After a long day and you want to play Get your mind off of the road Have a great meal, try your slot machines Life's good on the Plateau Quick stop anytime Get you everything under the sun
6: Life's good on the Plateau Food, and fun. Food, fuel, and fun? At the Plateau Travel Plaza in Madras, you get food, fuel, and fun all in one fabulous stop. After you fuel up with our low fuel prices, enjoy something fresh from our deli. Shop our store for local crafts and jewelry, travel essentials, electronics, and more. Then have some fun in our game room with 30 of the hottest slot machines and all the rewards you can handle. Life's
2: good on the plateau Food,
4: fuel and fun
6: Open at the Bend Factory Stores for amazing deals on Columbia gear, plus 70% off Sorrel and Piranha products. Hurry in to the Columbia Sportswear pop-up location, located in space 150 near the food trucks at the Bend Factory Stores, to shop these incredible deals on now for a limited time. Shop the Columbia Sportswear pop-up location today. Smart shoppers start at the Bend Factory Stores, South Highway 97,
4: because everyone needs an outlet.
0: Listening to Financial Focus Radio show, where you get honest and actionable advice every week from the partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Remember, you can always listen to past shows on iTunes or find us on northwestquadrantwealth.com.
1: Hey, out there! Thanks for joining us on Financial Focus Radio. I'm your host Josh Finelli. My usual co-host. Tyler Simonis will be tra- joining us uh, for the second half of the show. Uh, this comes courtesy of uh, Farnham Street, which has a great uh, podcast called the Knowledge Project Podcast and a newsletter I get called Brain Food that I really enjoy. Uh, the, the title is Do Not Confuse Effort with Results. Just because you put in the effort doesn't mean you will get the res- desired result. A lot of effort gets undone long before results are felt. Going to the gym's undone if you eat poorly focusing only on work gets undone by the inevitable health and relationship issues that come from underinvestment. When we try to speed up an outcome, our lack of patience undoes the result. Results are accumulated in drops, but lost in buckets. Make sure you're not undoing the things you're trying to accomplish. Uh, Tyler has this mantra, uh, wasn't it relates to bear markets. Don't just do something, sit there. And I think that's uh, pretty illustrative of the point that we wanted to hammer across with this segment. Uh, We often talk to people that uh, conversely, you know, have pretty poor long run investment returns, I would imagine, uh, that expect you to trade in a reactionary fashion to what's going on in markets. And one of the themes that we consistently try to hammer across in the show is that your asset allocation is a function of the purpose that you have with your money and your situation in life. Uh, it's not necessarily a reflection of what's going on in the market at any particular given time. Of course, it's prudent to uh, own risk reducers and return enhancers, uh, and those can be different at different times uh, in overall market, in the overall context of markets. But uh, again, being a reactionary and reactionary trading as it relates to market movements is definitely a recipe for disaster. Uh, there's a pretty strong correlation between the volume of trades you make and your relative underperformance to the index. And the consistent theme that you should take away is that average returns, which are quite great, and S&P long run average is somewhere near 10% over an above average period of time, are how you succeed. And the negative math is not something that you want to work against you. Think about all of those meme stockholders that made 100 or 200 percent on those names uh, in 2021 that are now down 75 percent. If you doubled your money and then went down 75 percent, you lost 50. If you went up 50 percent and lost 15, you're still well above where you started. And that's the point, and the big theme that you should take away from compounding is that it is man's greatest invention. You don't have to do much except avoid interrupting it. And when you buy things that can go to zero or take unnecessarily speculative approaches or own way too many return enhancers relative to risk reducers, you interrupt that process. And the unfortunate reality of compounding is it only takes once, to tank your returns for decades going forward. Uh, That's especially true when you're retired, but it's equally true uh, when you reach the middle to latter stages of the accumulation phase. Uh, My generation being millennial investors, I think many of them are learning the example of interrupting compounding, uh, owning portfolios that were way too heavily weighted to those non-profitable tech businesses that worked fabulously well until they didn't. And one of the themes that we've been trying to hammer away at the show on the show over the last uh, few months is that the future is not going to look like the past. And Howard Marks, uh, who's one of the seminal minds in investing, posted a memo this week that is definitely worth a read. He talked about there's been three sea changes over his 55-year career in markets, and he believes we are at the inflection point of the third, which is where unbridled risk-taking is not rewarded. and There's a discussion we actually had uh, in the office this week that, you know, over the latter stages of our career, uh, middle of my career and the latter stage of Tyler's, is where our portfolios are going to look a lot more like they would have in, back in the 1980s. And that just means weighted towards bonds and fixed-income investments that have essentially been left for dead uh, for the better part of the last 15 years. but. That is definitely something to digest uh, as we enter 2023. Well, this uh, Jason Zweig did a great article this week uh, that I thought I would talk about on this third segment. And uh, the, the title of the segment was, Your Instincts Are Wrong. And two of the most painful words in investing are, if only. If only you'd listen to your gut, you wouldn't have stomach churning losses now. If only you'd had the courage to act on your foresight and insight if only. And the funny thing is looking back at yourself a year ago, what you know now has indelibly altered your perception of what you knew then. And this pattern, uh, psychologists call it hindsight bias, but it makes us feel that we foresaw the future all along and what happened was inevitable. And anybody who didn't see it coming is a dope. It's close to irresistible and it's an illusion. (laughs) And it's something that I tried to touch on uh, on the first segment, but Uh, It's a theme that is very prevalent amongst investors, and I last segment highlighted those strategist predictions of uh, S&P 500 performance at the onset of 2022, and all of them invariably were wrong, and then, then I highlighted, of course, the 2023 strategist predictions, and invariably, yes, almost all of them will be wrong. Uh, But the meaning of the present is almost always hidden until it becomes the past, at which point you can't reconstruct your earlier state of ignorance. It makes it all too easy to fool yourself into thinking you knew what would happen all along, which in turn can delude you into thinking now that you will know what will happen next. And I think that is the big takeaway here, is when it comes to risk, it's really dangerous to trust your instincts. Your asset allocation should be what it is Regardless of what you think is going to happen, and that's the point is that nobody knows, and consensus doesn't happen. having a variant perception is invariably how you outperform uh, Very few people are actually to do able to do that, but even if you knew the news ahead of time, and this is another uh thing that we try to instill into the minds of our clients is even when you know the news, you don't know what the outcome's going to be. And if at the onset of 2020, I had told you that we would be in a pandemic, a million Americans would die, uh, the entire economy as you know it would be shut down, of course you would have sold stocks. Of course you would have bought fixed income. That would have been absolutely the wrong trade. And when you think back, even there's a great example that we highlighted on the show last week of uh, if you knew that China was going to reopen, of course you would predict Chinese stocks to do very well. In fact, the opposite happened. Chinese stocks ramped significantly up until reopening and sold off dramatically at the reopening. But uh, that's one of those buy the rumor, sell the news type phenomenons. But even armed with the news, you don't know what is going to happen. The point is staying invested. Time in the market is ultimately what matters. The beauty of markets is that you can control very few things, and those are all you really need to worry about. When There have been six recessions since 1980, nine bear markets. Invariably, the companies around you will earn more money. The population will continue to climb. Businesses and stock prices are a reflection of earnings and interest rates. And those are not things that you have control over ultimately, but you definitely have control over your emotion. And you as an investor have to focus on what you can control. Tune out the noise. TV is not, uh, especially if you're emotional about your portfolio, you know, it's very difficult to emotionally disconnect yourself from money. I can speak and relate to that experience and how I view my own money uh, relative to the money we manage. I want to act irrationally with respect to my own, uh, but tune out the noise. And if you need to take... Some version of a psychological holiday and just completely shut it down. Stop looking at portfolio. It can be very helpful. Revisit your asset allocation. Remind yourself why you own the things that you own. Control what you can, which is costs. Uh, Ultimately, you want to be using liquid, tax-efficient, cost-efficient ETFs. Uh, Save money where you can. Set realistic expectations. Remind yourself that 27% up years in the S&P 500 are not normal they are very much outliers. Returns are always going to be lumpy. They will never be in a straight line. And of course, stay diversified. Uh, The recent outperformance, and now it's on a year to date basis of international stocks is a great reminder of why ultimately too much concentration risk tanks your long run returns. But diversification is one of the only free lunches in markets and it works over time. It just takes a long time to get there. Thanks for joining us on Financial Focus Radio. Uh, if you want one of our free portfolio reviews for clients or prospective clients with more than 500000 in investable assets, please call our office at
2: 800-743-0988.
0: Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show.
3: Today I'll get a workout in at the fitness center. Tomorrow, maybe some rafting on the Deschutes River. Or I could go for a swim and spend the afternoon by the pool.
4: It's pretty easy to fill your calendar when you live the life you love at Stonebriar.
3: Walk the nature trails at Pilot Butte, or maybe give Tracy a call. We can go shopping in Bend on Saturday, Sunday, Read a book on the deck.
4: And after an active day outside, you come home to gorgeous resort-style one, two, or three-bedroom apartments with cook's kitchens, spacious bath, full-size washer and dryers, computer labs with free internet, covered parking, and my fur babies pets allowed. Stonebriar is currently accepting applications. Their beautiful landscape grounds feature two clubhouses and are on Highway 20 near 27th and Bend. Google Stonebriar Apartments for details. Stonebriar, professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. Stonebriar Apartments.
3: The best of resort living.
4: Get ready, city slickers. Here's a chance for you
5: honorary cowboys and cowgirls to win big. (laughs) It's Indian Head Casino's $75,000 Boots Scootin' Cash Prices Giveaway in December. Every Friday and Saturday win your share of $27,000 in cash and prizes. I'm a
2: cowboy!
5: $27,000 bucks, partner. Love that money! Oh, yeah! Plus, on December 31st, win a top prize of $2,023 in cash. Or free cash for a year during our New Year's Eve $12,000 Barnyard Bash. Happy New Year! Thousands of dollars in cash and prizes all month. Win your share of 27000 every Friday and Saturday. It's Indian Head Casino's $75,000 boot scooting giveaway. So scoot your boots on down.
6: Yeah! I got cowboy boots and I like to wear them.
5: Today could be your lucky day. Indian Head is where the winners play. You
7: must be 21. Manning the reserves all right. See the Players Club more details.
0: Thank you for joining Financial Focus Radio Show. Honest, transparent analysis brought to you every week by Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Call the show anytime at 877 670 7117 We'll try to answer your question on the air in the following weeks. Now, back to the team from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Welcome back to
8: Financial Focus Radio. Thanks for joining us on this It was cold last week. Boy. Josh and I had to go to, uh, over to Grant County. On, I, won't t- I won't disclose the day. We can't be tracked like Elon Musk. Uh, but uh, it was on Key Summit, which is sort of that right before you go down into to, to, to the John Day. Just past
1: uh, the Painted Hills. Yeah,
8: it, it was something like six below zero up there. It was cold. I was feeling bad for the big cows out in the field. The, the, there was a rancher out there having to break the ice so the cows could get a drink. And I thought, I don't know if I want to, those poor cows. No comment.
1: Well, I uh, was saving the story of the clients out there calling you a family of gingers. <laughs> that was so. They call great. my son a ginger. <laughs> that was so great.
8: My hair is turning white. Uh, yeah. Oh, he's a ginger. I loved that. You know, my son's <laughs> my son's Twitter uh, handle, or whatever you call it, is Ginger Ninja. Oh, uh, really?
1: Yeah. He's, he fully embraces it, though. Oh, of
8: course. He, uh, one of his college essays, he wrote, you know, what well, makes you neat, unique, all that kind of stuff, and that was one of the things he
1: said. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, that's great. You're affected class now.
8: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the woke, world of wokeness, you're right. Uh, so he, here's something that I thought would maybe be interesting to people uh, before we talk about our friends at the big firms and how they rape and pillage all their clients' accounts. Uh, the um you know h- how much money do you have to have saved to make have a certain level of income and so i I put maybe this number 's high, but i put here 's how much uh, you need to have saved to retire with one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year in income so that's that 's a big number but um, i thought you know well, let 's look at how much you get from social security and 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 you know obviously if you are going to have one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in income that means you probably had quite a bit of uh Income from so or you you paid in a lot to Social Security, so you're going to get something close to a high benefit. Uh, but let's say you wait till 70 years old and you get uh, a three thousand uh, dollars a month uh, from Social Security. Uh, you can do the math there. That's three t- three thousand times twelve. Carry the one. Uh, Thirty-six thousand uh, dollars you're going to get from Social Security. That leaves you a shortfall of fourteen thousand dollars. Um and so let's say you also have a emergency fund uh that you uh are had contributed to and you put two hundred bucks a month in uh and you saved about hundred and twenty thousand dollars, uh that gives you an hundred and twenty gives you about another six thousand bucks a year. So now you need to come up with hundred and eight thousand dollars uh uh to annually annually yeah. uh, and so believe it or not uh you would need if you 're going to take a four percent withdrawal rate from your portfolio you 're going to need two point seven million dollars of investable assets uh, to have one hundred and fifty thousand dollars of income, um, and that is including social security so the of 2.7 is 108,000. Then you add the social security and your and your, uh, your emergency fund and you get to that $150,000 and that does not, that's $150,000 before taxes. So, right. It's going to be after tax, it's going to be a lower number. So, uh, that, you know, I know a lot of people that scares the out of them because 2.7, obviously in anybody's world, unless your name is Elon Musk, is a lot of money. Uh, but, you know, it can be done. And so I would just tell people, uh, you know, especially in Josh's generation that have these lifestyles that sort of confound me uh, in their behavior and how much they live it up. I mean, I guess good for them. They're good at keeping the economy afloat, but they have really no concept of how much money they're going to have to have t- uh, saved uh, to generate, it's hard, to, to have the same lifestyle they have it's now. It's hard
1: to gather that context and concept when you don't work in the business and... You know, also your sort of asset class returns are distorted by recent history. And, you know, a lot of people out there think, oh, well, that just means I'll get have to get 15% a year from my retirement <laughs> account. And, you know, you, you kind of explain to them the reality of what that means. And, you know, we're very ardent advocates here of average returns for an above average period of time is ultimately how you're gonna succeed. It's when you swing for the fences and then miss, and you interrupt the compounding process permanently that you impair your ability to actually do, you know, become successful as a saver. And that's...
8: Well, let's just also make it clear. The amount of people on the planet that generate 15% returns over their investing lifetime is single (laughs) digits. Yeah,
1: well, it's it's one or 2%.
8: Yeah, if that, it's closer to 1% when you think about the lifetime investment returns Average annual 15%, it's a very, very small group of people.
1: Yeah, I mean, Berkshire Hathaway is no longer at that figure.
8: Well, it is. I mean, it's 20%, but that's a small group, and it hasn't been recently. I mean, it's the Jim Simons of the world. It's a very small group of people. Um, Okay, so let's talk about uh, the big national firms. And the the thing that frustrates Josh and I is, uh, and this is going to sound like a sales pitch for us, but it's – Josh and I, in a lot of cases with some of our clients or prospective clients, we get no credit for doing the right thing, meaning our mantra on our website is you know, we want to invest our clients' money in the same way that they would if they knew everything there was to know about investing.
1: And that motto stays true because there's no one that can make an intellectually defensible argument to us from across the table to do anything other than what we do. And we know that to be true.
8: And we can win that argument with anybody, Jim Cramer, anybody, any other advisor, because we have the data to back us up. And, and if so, they're
1: if they're being intellectually honest, with when you know, even Jim Cramer probably would be if he was in a private room without any audio, any audio recording, he would say, "Yeah, I agree with you."
8: Because he can't refute the data. Like it's yeah. irrefutable, right? So, uh, um, I don't think "irrefutable" is a word, but irrefutable, we, irrefutable. yeah, we know. Uh, so, um, so. My point in bringing that up is that a lot of people look at all advisors, we're all the same, right? They all do the same thing. Uh, there's no difference. And the reality is there's a big difference. And so um, one of the things is that there are good people at big national firms. like so, so the Morgan Stanley's, the Merrill Lynch, and the Edward Jones, those are the big national firms. Uh, but the firms they work for aren't good. and they're, they are working day and night to g- extract as much money out of you, then client, as possible. And, and, and no, they do that through the vehicle that is the advisor that you meet with. On no the matter how
1: bases. good a person that advisor is, the firm itself actually precludes them from doing the right thing for you simply because the firm exists. And that's the important thing to sort of understand is that it's not anything about them, that individual specifically. It's just that there's this impediment and other intermediary in the way that has its own interests, which are fundamentally at odds with yours, that prevents them from doing the right thing. So
8: I'm looking at a list. Uh, so I got this from the, the actual company's website. So Edward Jones, Merrill Lynch, and Morgan Stanley's website. And it's their revenue sharing agreements with mutual fund companies and insurance companies. And so what that means is that the, the best investments aren't ending up in your portfolio because they're the best investments for you. They're ending up in your portfolio because these are the companies that do the most revenue sharing uh, with with the firm that you work with, and so there are 25 mutual fund companies that pay Merrill Lynch. a million dollars or more to be on their platform, which ultimately means if you have a Merrill Lynch account, you're getting these mutual funds in your portfolio, not because of the best funds, but because Merrill Lynch pays or gets paid by that fund company uh, to be in your portfolio. And that is true of Edward Jones. Edward Jones, when you look at this revenue sharing agreement, it's you quickly realize that they are an unprofitable business without these revenue sharing agreements. And there are six mutual fund companies that Edward, I, can, I know what is, is in every Edward Jones account Without looking at a statement And people always say Well how do you know that And I just say Because I know What fund companies Are paying to play At Edward Jones And so That is not in your best interest It's in Edward Jones Best interest So we're not all the same Uh, And that's important to know Alright if you want to be part of the show Call us 877-670-7117 Or go to our website NorthwestQuadrantWalk.com And send us an email When we come back We'll tackle some more Email questions Stick around